Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. Before we jump into today's message, I did want to take just a second and uh, let you know that right now on our Springwell Connection uh, Facebook page, our Springwell Family Connection Facebook page, there are videos that are geared towards your kids' worship experience that would normally happen on Sunday morning. And we've pre-recorded these videos just for you to enjoy with your family. So right now, after you get done with this, you can go check those out at facebook.com slash family. So I want to jump into something today. Um, and my, my prayer for this morning is that we get a message that's very relevant to today's subject matter, that's very relevant to these unsure times that I think many of us are, are feeling, these unsure times and not knowing exactly where the end is going to come and the fears, the anxiety that a lot of us are experiencing. But I also hope that today, as we walk through um, a passage of Scripture, that you guys can, can receive something that will last beyond just your current situation, just your current circumstance, and will walk with you and will stay with you as you walk through life and try to live a fulfilled life. In 1941, and when I started telling people this illustration, everybody else seemed to know it, except for me, maybe I failed U.S. history. But if you're out there, make out like it's the first time you've ever heard this too. But in 1941, the Japanese were determined to, for, to conquer and control virtually all of Asia. Though America had tried to kind of isolate themselves from the, the war at the time, uh, they had, were trying not to intervene. The, um, our nation was increasingly interested in protecting our ally, the British, in the war in Europe. So it seemed inevitable to the Japanese that America would eventually get involved in the, in the war that was going on in the East. So their rationale, the Japanese rationale for the attack on Pearl Harbor was that it was a preemptive strike, it, uh, and it would destroy our Pacific fleet. It would delay for at least a year America's ability to interact into the war, and it would take us a year to build back up our fleet, and therefore it would kind of give them a chance to take out other enemies. With full control of the East, the Japanese felt like they could easily defeat anything America would throw their way. Of course, as we know now, it's, that's the cool part about history is you know the end result. As we know now, they were unsuccessful in that endeavor. For one thing, a number of America's greatest naval ships were out to sea. They weren't even at harbor. They failed to, to calculate for our incredible natural resources, which the Japanese didn't have. They didn't account for our technological, technological advances or for just the pure resolve of Americans. And so it was exactly six months to the day on the, of the attack on Pearl Harbor that America defeated the Japanese in the Battle of the Midway. It so crippled their naval capabilities that they never recovered from the blow. And once America owned the seas, it was just a matter of time before they defeated the Japanese. That story and the attack 
of Pearl Harbor goes down as one of the greatest military miscalculations in history. I think for a lot of us today, we're fighting battles in the wrong way. We're miscalculating the battles that we're facing. We're miscalculating our strategy. But let's be honest, right now we're, we're in a fight. We're in a fight in our country. It's not just a fight against a virus. It's, it's bigger than that. It's, it's a fight against normalcy. It's a, it's a fight against the thoughts that go through our mind. It's, it's, it's a fight against, will I have a job next week? It's a fight against the anxiety just from being out of routine. It, it's, it's a fight against sending, wanting to send our kids to school and having to homeschool. We're just, we're, we're in a fight. But I may not be very old, but one of the things I know in the short time that I've lived is there's always a fight in every season. There's always something that's going on. And oftentimes what we try to do is we miscalculate because we think the fight is out there. And we think it's with them. And we think it's with something else. And we think we can win this war. We can win this fight by getting enough of this or getting enough of that. But really this fight inside of all of us is really it's internal. It's an internal struggle. It's, it's a spiritual struggle because we want happiness, right? I mean, we want this void inside of us. We want this internal peace that we just can't seem to grasp. We want security. We want purpose. We want to know that we're making a difference. It's an internal struggle, and oftentimes we fight it in the wrong way because we can't quite find it. And so we, we do things like go to social media, and, and we look for that internal that internal pleasure, that to, to please that internal thing inside of us. We look at it, we look for it in social media. And so as long as we can get enough likes or we can post a picture and make somebody else feel bad about their life, it does something about us. Or for some of us, we, we turn to substances. We, we're after the high because there's this thing inside of us, this battle we're fighting inside of us, and, and it's broke. And so we turn to, we turn to substances. For some of us, it's, it's gossip, we're so unhappy with who we are on the inside that talking about someone else or being able to say something against someone else for just a second makes us feel like we have one over on them. Even when we wrap that in a prayer request. None of y'all have ever done that though. But we all have this, we all have this struggle and then sometimes, it's oftentimes it results in us struggling against other people and fighting other people. And so we continue to fight the wrong battles and so we try to fix them or we deflect it onto our spouse and we think there's something wrong with them and it's really just our own inner struggle, our own inner war. Today, for the next few moments, I wanna try to help us concentrate the battle because all successful battles are fought on targeted ground. And my subject this morning, my title is This Means War. This means war. For those of you that have been at Springwell the last few weeks, um, you know we've kind of been going through the book of, of James. James, for those of you that don't know, is written by the brother of Jesus named James. That, this is an open book test. He's Jesus' brother, but the interesting thing about the book of James and what James writes in James is he never calls himself the brother of Jesus. Like, I think I would name drop in this situation, right? If you're writing a letter, a spiritual letter, wouldn't you like name drop Jesus's name? But James doesn't do that. As a matter of fact, the only, the only thing he references himself as is a servant 
of Jesus, which, side note, you can tell a lot about the identity of someone by who they serve. And so James says, I'm, I'm a servant of Jesus. James is one of the earliest books in the New Testament written. Scholars will put it around 40 A.D. to 60 A.D. So it's really, really fresh right after the life of Jesus. And it's a very, it's a very practical book. There's, there's a lot of wisdom that we can practice right now throughout the course of history. It, it'll continue to be a practical book. And so I want us to jump into James 4 just for the next few moments and learn how to fight this war that we have to fight, whether it's now or whether it's later. James 4, starting in verse 1. James says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the desires that battle within you? So I want to give us three words as we fight this battle. The first one is within. Within. The battle starts within. You see, what James is saying is he's saying the thing that really causes you to battle them is something not with them, but it's within. James is saying the thing that's causing the fights and the struggle with other people in your life is really, it's nothing to do with them, but it's this thing that's missing, this thing we're all fighting that's within. And we need to understand that right now, don't we? I mean, as you're home extra time with your family, doesn't the battle eventually be deflected onto them? As you're fighting for bread at the grocery store, doesn't the battle eventually get deflected onto them? James is saying, James is saying the problem isn't with, with them. The problem is, is, is within because we have this selfish spirit. We kind of want what we want, and I want it now, right? I, I want what I want, and I want it now. James is saying that, that idea, that spirit within you is really the thing that's causing you to fight the wrong battles. The problem isn't with them. It's within the unrest that I feel in my heart, the, 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 the battle that rages inside of me to find fulfillment, to find peace, to find purpose, that battle that rages inside with me, that unrest is within. It has nothing to do with, with them. And I think there's probably people this morning, and you have been struggling against someone for so long because of something you felt like they did to you years ago. But the problem really isn't necessarily what they did. What they did may have hurt you. They may have betrayed you. But really the reason you continue to hold on to it isn't because of your attitude and anything that they've done, but it's something inside of you. And you feel like if you let it go, if I let go of this, then they're going to win. you gotta, you got to let it go. James says the things that's causing the fights and the quarrels among you, it's it's nothing to do with the other people. It's something that, 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 that comes from within. James continues in verse 2. He says, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. Now, just a pause right there. What James is doing is he's trying to make a kind of a, he's kind of taking this to the extreme. And so he's using this word that you kill, and he's referencing um, Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount when he said basically to get angry with someone was the same as killing him. And so James is trying to kind of startle his, his readers here by saying, listen, this is, you're, you're doing something wrong. You desire to have, so you kill. So you get mad at people. So you do anything you can to get it. He says, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. 
I want you to think about your conflict. The conflict that you've been through this week. The conflict that you often go through. Most of conflict can be linked back to selfishness. Right? I mean, if you're, if you're really honest, most of the conflict you have with other people can link, be linked back to selfishness. That's at the core. Because I want what I want, and I want it now. And so it begins to cause this, this conflict. This is, this, is, this is true with me. For those of you that have heard me talk about it, most of me and my wife's greatest arguments happen because we're trying to choose where to go eat, right? Big time decisions. It's not finances. It's not what house to buy. It's where are we going to go eat, which if I get my way, it's usually Mexican. But oftentimes I don't get my way and it's not her fault. It's because a lot of times when this subject comes up in our house, I kind of say it doesn't really matter. Not because it doesn't really matter, but because that's what I'm supposed to say as the husband, right? I mean, any good husband is supposed to say, whatever you want, honey, right? And so I, I do that. The only problem is she makes a suggestion. We get to the other restaurant that she picked, and I eat something that normally that I would have really liked, but I don't like it because I'm so bitter the entire time because she picked the wrong restaurant. What is that? That's just straight-up selfishness. Like, she literally gave me the opportunity to choose, but I didn't choose, and then I got mad because she didn't choose what I wanted to choose. That's just selfishness. That's a problem not with her. That's a problem with me. And so this conflict begins to happen, not because she did the wrong thing, but because, because of the selfishness that's inside of me. Selfishness is also usually at the center of sin. If you think about that thing that, you, especially if you're a believer, the, that thing that you struggle with that you just can't seem to, that you can't seem to, to knock out, usually selfishness is at the center of that because you're trying to fulfill a need that you have inside and you don't care what it takes to get it. And so you do things that you know are wrong. You take steps that you know are, are wrong and they're, 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 they're small at first, but they become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the problem is selfishness. The very beginning of the Bible, Genesis 3, Adam and Eve, the first humans ever put on earth, are in this beautiful garden that God gave them. But God said, listen, there's this one tree in the garden. You can't eat from that tree. God had to give them a choice because otherwise, how would he know if they really loved him and would really choose him? And so Adam and Eve, the Bible says the tempter comes, tempts Adam and Eve. And the way that he got Eve to eat the fruit was by saying, if you eat this, you'll be like God. And I can't help but, eat, but think that Eve thought, ha, I'll have one over on Adam, right? I'll have something. It's selfishness. Selfishness has always been at the center of our sin. So how do we start winning this war? Ask, how am I trying to fight this battle within? Am I? Looking at other people, do I have the right enemy? Am I fighting on the right ground? James says, you don't have the things you ask for, or you don't have the things you need because you don't ask. And then he continues in verse 3. He says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong 
motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You know, it's not just what you do, but a lot of times it's why you do what you do. Like, I can do some good stuff, right? I mean, I can be a good person, but usually the joy that I have in it is based on why I do it, not just what I do, right? And I think this this selfishness idea that James is talking about even works its way into our, our prayer life. And he's saying the reason you don't, you don't have is because you're asking with the wrong motives because they're, 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 they're selfish. The purpose of prayer isn't just for us to ask God for something, but the purpose of, of prayer is as we speak to him and as we, as we talk to him, we begin to kind of rage war inside of us and we begin to think like he thinks. And that's what James is after here. He's saying there's, there, there's this selfishness that's, that's creeping over into, into your prayer when, when prayer is meant to change you. In today's world, and I really think it's more important than ever for us to be people that pray. Like, if you call yourself a, a believer, I think it's important right now where we are in the course of history, something that will be in the history books years from now, I think it's important that we pray. I don't think it's ever been more important that we are people that pray. James is saying don't pray selfishly because as you pray, you get aligned with what God wants to do. James then moves to another battleground. Verse four, James says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity? Listen, I even Googled how to say that word, okay? I listened to the pronunciation on YouTube and I still messed it up. Okay, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity? against God, y'all get what I mean. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. The second word is around. Within and around. And here's, if you're taking, if you're taking notes, if you're sitting in the bed, if you have your phone, whatever it is, here's, here's what I want you to write down. I can't win the war within by looking at what's around. Because that's what we do, isn't it? Like that thing that's missing inside of us, that, that, that little spot in our heart, that fulfillment, that peace, that joy, oftentimes we try to look around to fight the battle that's within. And James is saying, don't you know that you can't be friends with the world? In other words, there's nothing out there that can satisfy you. Some of you, you've, you've chased it, you've been after it, you've looked around the world, and it just didn't quite fulfill you, did it? We can't win the battle within by... By looking around, most of us have probably heard the statement that God is a jealous God. You ever heard that? That God is a jealous God. And at first, I think, especially if you're not a believer watching today, at first you hear that and you think, well, that's, that's kind of selfish. I thought God was supposed to be loving, and, but, he's, but he's jealous. It's, it's key here to know that God isn't jealous of you, but he's jealous for you. Because he knows. He created you. He dreamed you up a long time ago. And he knows that as you try to fight the battle within with the things around, you're never going to get there. And so what God is saying is he's saying, please, please, I'm jealous for you because I know you're not going to get it out there. Just come back. But 
yet we continue to try to go from place to place and around and around and around to get that battle inside of us won. Anytime we try to fight the war of fulfillment in us by loving what's around us, we'll always come up empty. Because it's a moving finish line, isn't it? Like the stuff that you buy, the high that you get, the relationships that you can build, the amount of followers you can get, the credit credit you can get, the amount of friends that you get, it's a moving target because it, it never satisfies. It's like me going, and I can't go right now. You're feeling my pain. But it's like me going, ordering one chicken wing. At, right? It's, it's just not going to work. There's, there's, there, I want more. I want more. And then I order six and then 12. And we won't talk about that. But I want, I want more. That's what trying to, trying to fight that battle within you, with things that are around you, it always happens because you're running a race without a finish line. James is saying the, the, the selfishness inside of you and the things that you're chasing after It's not going to fulfill you. And God knows that. There are people right now, as you you watch this, or there's people around you that you work with, and they're experiencing this thing right now because right now in our world, it feels like the rug has been pulled out from under us, doesn't it? Like everything we knew is gone. Everything that, for many of us, the things that we put our hope in and the things that, that, that that we drove to fulfill, maybe it was that job, maybe... Maybe it, it, was, it was a certain thing that we could have. And for, for a lot of us, that thing has been ripped away from us today because of what our world is going through. But it was never going to satisfy in the first place. And so you're looking for something. You're looking for hope because the battle continues to rage. You can't look around to fight the battle that's within So James continues in verse 5. He says, Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? Just one really quick thing right there. God calls the spirit. That's talking about the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer, the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of you. But just a side note, God knows what he's put in you. And so I think for some of us, we fight this battle because we want to be somebody that we're not. And sometimes that leads to that war within us and that war with other people. But God knows what he put in you, and he doesn't expect anything more or anything less. So don't feel like you have to be with them. Don't let the battle rage inside of you because you can't be them. God made you exactly how you wanted, he wanted you to be. Mom, he gave you those kids. Dad, he gave you those kids because he knew you could handle it. He put everything in you that you need. Verse 6 says, but he gives, more, gives us more grace, and that is why Scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Now, now, I know you're thinking, wait, opposes? Like, I thought God was for us, right? That whole song, God is for, who can be against? I totally missed that. But you thought God was, God was for you. Now, now before, before you... Before you jump, just, just, just know what he's saying here. Basically, he's saying if you choose to try to earn it your way, you're making the choice. And so if, I'm not, if, I'm not, if, I, if I continue to try to win that battle within me all the other ways, God 
God can't do much with that because I, I'm, not, I'm not looking for him. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not um, looking for him to, to have input into my life. And so what it's basically saying is it's saying God has to, he has to be able to get to you. And as long as you continue to chase what's around you always give God the stiff arm. Now, he'll, he'll, keep, he'll keep chasing after you. He'll keep, he'll keep after you. He'll keep after you. He'll keep putting people in your life because he loves you that much. But when you choose to ch- continuously fight that battle within by chasing everything around, you'll always walk in, in pride. I picture it kind of as a struggle. Because God knows that he created you for relationship with him. And he knows what all that could mean. But for many of us, we, we walk in pride and we choose to kind of do it our own way. A couple of weeks ago, my little boy ran down, the, ran down the steps. It was about dinner time and he was hungry. And so he goes in the pantry and he begins to search for, for something to eat. Meanwhile, my wife is getting one of his favorite meals out, chicken nuggets, of course, out of the oven. And so while he's staring in the pantry, she has something so much better for him in the oven. And so she turns around, she's like, buddy, you don't need that. I've made these for you. Some of you, you're staring in the pantry. And God is saying, I have something so much better for you. If you'll just humble yourself, I've got something for you. God isn't mean. But he's got something so much better for you. James continues. He says, come near, to, come near to God. Or he, he moves to, um, to what we can do about this war, the, the third word. Verse 7 says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The third thing is run. Run. To win the war, you have to run in the right direction. Your level of fulfillment and my level of fulfillment right now and my level of peace is directly related to the direction that I'm running in. So my question to you today is, what are you running to? Are you running to the things outside that, are trying, that you're trying to be satisfied with? Because God says there's only one direction. Submit yourselves to God. If you'll, just, if you'll just let go and let God, if you'll just let go and, let, and come to me, he says, resist the devil. He will flee from you. What direction are you running to today? What is the thing? How are you fighting your battle, that battle inside of you? He continues, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded, in other words, he's saying, let go because you got to realize it's not going to work. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Once again, you got to change your way. It's not going to work. Verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Running to God gets you so much further in this battle that we face. In this battle that we're facing right now, it gets you so much further. There's a battle within it's not going to be found one out there. It's going to be a great miscalculation if you run to something else. As you fight your way through the next few weeks, being secluded, with being anxious about the economy, the things to come, if you try to put your hope in what news reports are saying and what government officials are saying, you are going to be left empty. God says, run. He says, I've got something for you. If you'll just run, that is where you win 
the war. So, how is your battle going? How is your battle for peace? How is your battle for joy? How is your battle for that thing inside of you? How is it, how is it going? Are you running in the right direction? So important right now. What are you running to? Are you putting the right things in you to win the battle? You see, that's a huge, that's a huge part of running to God. It sounds good. It's run to God. It sounds cliche, but a huge part of that is getting the right stuff in, in you, to get truth in you, even as you are secluded and you can't really go anywhere and you can't really be around other people, how are you getting truth in you? How are you getting good stuff in you? Are you what kind of what what what, what kind of music are you listening to? Are you taking time to to listen to truth? Because that's a huge part of winning the the battle. What are you allowing your mind to to meditate on? Are you continuously thinking about the negative news? Are you continuously thinking if I could just be like them if I could just get there then I could win this battle what is your mind meditating on because you have to think on truth and are you staying in community you know the biggest thing that we could do right now and one of Satan's biggest advantages right now is to try to get you to isolate because we have to to some extent right But as we fight this battle inside of us, how are you staying in community? FaceTime, Skype, Zoom, text message, or better yet, the old-timey phone call. How are you staying in community? Because the people that we have around us help us fight this battle. And so I want to give us a, a war cry. For the next week, what I want you to do is I want you to pray this write this down you can screenshot it on your screen but I want you to pray this for the next week as we fight this this battle this inside of us I want us to pray God I believe only you can satisfy with your power I will win the war I will raise a flag of surrender and run to you. How much do we need that prayer right now? Because the news is negative, the fear is real, the anxiety is real, the battle is real, but you know what's more real? That God has never left you and He has never lost control. He has continuously chased after you, even after you give Him the stiff arm of pride, He has continued to chase after you and He's saying, come, Come, wave your white flag of surrender and come to me. God, I believe only you can satisfy with your power. I will win the war. I raise a a flag of surrender and I run to you. Pray that over your life. During this time of no sports, it's killing me. During this time of not being able to go to a restaurant, it's killing me. What if on the other end of this, What if you won this war because you had the time, because you were thinking about it? I have to say, if that's the result, it's worth it. 
If you're watching at home and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I pray that what you've seen this morning has made you crave more. Maybe maybe you're walking around and you're fighting that battle within and you're searching for fulfillment and you're searching for peace. But everywhere you look, you've looked around. But everywhere you look, you can't get it. It's because only God can fill that hole. He can give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. So if that's you, maybe you feel like God's knocking on the door of your heart and you feel like something needs to change. Just where you are, no matter who's around, you can say it quietly. Just say, Jesus, I never thought I would do this, especially not online. But I need that hope. I want to win the war. I realized that I've messed things up. I've chased what was around while you were searching it for me the entire time. So Jesus, I believe you died. I believe you rose so that I could have life forever with you. And I don't even know what that necessarily all looked like. And I don't know what to do from here, but I believe it. And so God, I ask you to change my life. Jesus, I want you to be the, the boss of my life. I want you to call the shots from now on fill this void inside of me. If you just prayed that prayer, uh, there's a contact form in the comments. If you can fill that out, let us know. We'll be in contact with you. We don't want to let this slip through the cracks because this is the best day of your life. God, thank you so much for being the one worth running to. God, I pray for every person watching this, God, no matter what they're feeling, no matter where the conflict is, God, that they would feel your peace and your presence in this very moment. God, that we would start fighting the right battles, that we would surrender and that we would run to you. Thank you that you promised to never leave us or forsake us. Thank you that you put the stars in the sky, you told the ocean how far it could come. We trust in that power. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this morning. Please get in contact with us if you accepted Christ or maybe it's your, your first time ever checking us out and it happened to be right now. Let us know. We love hearing from you. If we can serve you in any way, please let us know. We love you. We're praying for you and we will see you again next week, Facebook Live 9 and 11. Thanks for joining us.